Welcome to the Lens Podcast, where we talk about current events, news, family, church, and life from a biblical worldview. We want to help people think about these things through the lens of the Bible. I'm your producer, David Wiseman, and here are your hosts, Brian and Brian. Hey, welcome to the podcast today. I'm Brian Hansen. And I'm Brian Solomon. Thanks for joining us. Uh, it's our practice every time we get together on this podcast to kind of roll through three segments. Uh, we've entitled those segments, A View of the World, Your Place in the World, and What in the World. And so our View of the World segment begins with a question, Brian. And the question is... Well... How to live in a broken world. That's right. And uh, I, I don't know, Brian, about you and um, those of our listening audience, but I, I think that everybody uh, probably is familiar with what happened about a week and a half ago or so, and that is Damar Hamlin. And, uh, you know, a really interesting... Uh, and who uh, is he, Damar Hamlin? <clears throat> well, he is... He plays for the Buffalo Bills, and uh, uh, it, was, it was about a week and a half ago that they were playing against a team that is very close to us, and that's, that's right. now Cincinnati, the Cincinnati Bengals. There was a lot on the line for this game, and uh, I think like a lot of America, we were kind of shocked uh, when a, a good tackle, a solid tackle, but not an extravagant uh, uh, blowing tackle. Violent yeah, collision like, or anything like that. Exactly, yeah. like we often see. You know, he makes a tackle, he pops back up, and you see his knees kind of do a little wobble, and then he drops. And right. uh, and it got very emotional um, and very critical very fast. And it was it was really interesting. I mean the um, the uh, emergency crew, the 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 uh, the squad, and things they came out there right away and they started working on him. You know, uh, for him, uh, he he should be thankful because I mean it was quick, right? Yeah, the was, best care <clears throat> on the spot. I mean, yeah. it was it was an it was immediate. Yeah, but to see what was going on, to see him laying on the on on the ground, not responsive. They're pumping him, you know, his chest and uh, trying to breathe for him. You could see just uh, just how it was affecting the uh, the, the 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 players uh, on the field, and yeah. and something really unique started to happen. I mean, yeah, there was a lot of tears, but they were they were on their knees, and what were they doing? They were praying, yeah, and uh, there there was just so much emotion going on at that time. And what what's been curious to kind of follow uh, that as the preemptor was now in, across the country, we're having a whole discussion on prayer, mm-hmm. and uh, and so we kind of want to base our three segments on um, uh, prayer, but more more than just prayer. But we're certainly going to talk about prayer, but. Uh, we're going to be looking at uh, the the different spiritual disciplines that could take place yeah. in our life. So, well, we, I think in, in, just to jump in, in this question of how to live in a broken world, you know, twenty twenty three, we're on the threshold of a new year. There's for many of us um, maybe a sense of optimism. We're we're coming into this new year with a blank slate, and hey, uh, uh, we're going to do some things a little bit differently this year than we did last year. Yeah. Uh, but the reality is, is that 2023 is no less broken than 2022. We live in a broken, fallen world. We're broken and fallen people. But how do we do that? And from a Christian point of view, how do we negotiate this? This concept of prayer has been thrust into the national spotlight. You had an ESPN analyst kind of interrupt the broadcast, so to speak. It seemed yeah. like they were lost. They didn't know what to do. And and uh, Dan Rolofsky, uh, former NFL player turned 
uh, analyst uh, just breaks out in prayer. Yeah. And, and, so, Which was contrary to the conversation that had been having. I mean, like t- Tim Tebow was, uh, for lack of a better term, crucified for him always pointing to the to the sky or to praying or to kneel in prayer or whatever. And now everybody's turning to uh, what had been so despised, right. especially even by the NFL itself. Right. right. So interluding into that, Brian, we are going to be looking at our second point today, and that is your place in the world. Yeah, so really through the centuries, Christians have observed certain spiritual disciplines to aid them in living in this broken world that we find ourselves, and uh, and they've been called the spiritual disciplines. Uh, and those spiritual disciplines uh, are, are things that, uh, that, that believers have done, practiced uh, alone uh, with one or two or three people. Uh, they've done... Uh, corporately in the context of a local church, uh, but they're things, disciplines, uh, incorporating into your life uh, that help us connect with the Lord. And um, I just did a, a Google search this morning and uh, just typed in uh, ancient Christian disciplines of the faith. And Zondervan actually had an article, just a blog, uh, listing out what those uh, spiritual disciplines are. And I thought, Brian, just for conversation's uh, sake, we can just kind of start by identifying what those disciplines are, just kind of do a fast rundown, and then dialogue how you and I have uh, practiced those disciplines in our, uh, in our past, the, uh, the benefit that we have uh, found in practicing those, and then how our listeners might benefit from incorporating them too. So, um, Looking at this list, uh, there's been a number of books, Brian, written on the spiritual disciplines over the course of time. Uh, Dallas uh, Willard, uh, of course, is a, is a guy who's really known for um, the modern, I don't want to say pioneering, but just kind of pushing spiritual disciplines into the the, the forefront. He's written a number of book, books. Uh, Richard Foster wrote the book uh, Celebration of Discipline. And then uh, Donald Whitney out of Southern Seminary has written a, a, a couple of books on right. the spiritual disciplines that have been helpful. Um, and so, but for our purposes and, and dialogue, uh, this one particular blog post has thrown out 20 classic spiritual disciplines. I don't think that we'll roll through all 20, but we'll highlight uh, a few of them that I think would be uh, worth our time talking about. So the first one that we'll talk about is the discipline of solitude. So maybe tell us what uh, this discipline is and how it's beneficial. Yeah. So Brian, if, if, um, if our listeners are out there and they're like, no, I, you know, I've heard of spiritual disciplines, but I have no idea where, what they are, let alone, how would I, how would I start? So let's look at this first one that's talked about and used, uh, quite, quite, um, uh, regularly. And that is the discipline of solitude. Mm-hmm. Solitude and and solitude is it's a it, it's a discipline that moves us away from the distraction of things that are going on around us and, and you know if if you ask people today Brian they, you know hey how's it going with your devotions oh man you know if I only had time you know I oh yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, I catch up on Saturday mornings or whatever yeah. instead of it being this ongoing um, uh, lifestyle something that feeds us regularly and, yeah. and daily. But why, why is it that people are like, oh, yeah, you know, it's just I'm so ha- hectic and frantic and I'm just trying to make through life. You know, I wake up, I grab my coffee, I, I kiss my wife, and as I head out the door, 
And then when I come home, you know, it's all the activities and things. Well, that's why it, this is talked about. It's solitude. It's yeah. it's breaking away from the regular static of the things that are going on around us and saying, I'm going to find a, um, a place of silence where I can open the Bible, I can read the Holy Scriptures, I can let it speak to me, and I can hear the Holy Spirit start to whisper yeah. into my into my ears or mm-hmm. you know my mind. Yeah. So yeah, so it's so, that whole yeah, yeah. So you have the you have the the discipline of solitude, and then that you, you kind of let us right on yeah. into the second discipline of silence. And solitude and silence can really go hand in hand uh, with one another. Solitude is the pulling away from our normal routines and rhythms of life, and then silence is the practice of just being quiet. Yeah. Uh, quiet ourselves and, and putting ourselves into a quiet place. And, uh, and the purpose of that is, is so that there's fewer competing noises, sounds, voices that compete for the affections of our heart. And yeah. so when we're still, when we're quiet, and when we're by ourselves, it's amazing how the Lord's voice seems to be loud. And I think about uh, Elijah when he was, uh, he left uh, Mount Carmel after the big victory uh, on the uh, from the um, the prophets of Baal, and uh, he's discouraged because Jezebel, he's convinced, is going to come after him, and he he's discouraged. He's the only, seemingly the only prophet left, and he goes off into the wilderness. And, it, and, the, and the Bible says that the 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 voice of the Lord came to him not by way of earthquake or thunderstorm or flashes of lightning or anything like that, but it came near to him by way of a whisper. So, yeah, yeah, and, and so the only way you you can hear the whisper is to is to is to have that uh, that solitude. So what 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 does that look like in a person's life? So um, if you're if you're a husband, if you're a wife, if uh, life just gets going so fast. Uh, that you don't know what to do. Okay, so uh, husbands, wives, uh, wh- wh- when can you have this moment of solitude? Uh, well, how about, you know, does it take getting up a half an hour earlier? And I know people are like, oh, do you don't know what you're asking. No, I actually do. Um, but can you get up uh, a half an hour earlier? Uh, a lot of people are like, well, I do it best before I go to bed. Well, okay, if that's what works for you, typically, that's when, uh, if you're like me, that's when my mind starts shutting down now. (laughs) Uh, But um, if you're you're a teenager, if you're a college student, instead of being on the couch with your friends and and playing the video games and and whatever, not that that's wrong, we're just saying that, uh, okay, let's take a break from that. Can you break away for a half hour or 20 minutes or whatever and just find a place just all of yourself, all by yourself, where you can open the Word of God, you can read the Word of God, you can meditate on the Word of God, and it's solitude. It's just by yourself. And, and you're taking us into another spiritual discipline, and that's, this, that's the discipline of meditation. Yeah. And so it's interesting how these disciplines are distinct from one another, but many of them converge with one another. So right. oftentimes when you, when you um, observe the, the discipline of solitude, uh, silence goes right on with it. And the, the discipline of meditation is incorporated as as well. And, and, and I'm going to do something that we haven't done before. I'm going to bring our producer in on this uh, discussion here. Uh, years ago, uh, I had the privilege of taking David on a wilderness trip up to Canada. We went up and uh, we canoed about 60 miles in the Algonquin Provincial Park and 
And uh, in that, uh, on that trip, we carve out space to uh, to basically uh, force our participants to observe the spiritual discipline of solitude. And we'll take uh, students and we'll drop them off on an island on these huge uh, Canadian lakes all by themselves for six hours. And they don't get anything except for their journal, their Bible, their food sack, and a rain jacket. And uh, we drop them off on these islands and we say, hey, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll catch up with you a little bit later. But, and the only rules are you can't take a nap, so you can't sleep your discipline of solitude and silence away. Uh, we want you just to be still. Don't go hiking around. Uh, sit down. Be by yourself. You need to be out of earshot and eyeshot of other people. So, David, what was the discipline of solitude like for you? In one answer, it was great. <laughs> uh, I think it was just it was a, just a precious time to get out of the norm. Yeah, like we're so connected to our cell phones mm-hmm. in everyday life that like we we fill our lives with noise. The first thing I do when I get in the car, I turn the radio on or mm-hmm. I turn my music on. I we just con- we're consumed by what we consume. Yeah, and so that was an opportunity to get away from that and just yeah. like oh there is a world around me i don't have to fill it with yeah whatever good or bad i don't have to fill it with things and so that was a place where i just i though i wanted to practice not filling it it was an opportunity to just i couldn't yeah even if i wanted to well i'm gonna so this conversation is unprompted we didn't practice this uh, conversation you had no idea i was, I was even gonna no, ask you no this. idea so when we dropped you off on that island all by yourself what were some of your uh, initial thoughts uh we pulled away from the shores in a canoe and we left you behind it's just you your bible your food sack your rain jacket nobody else with you how did you think how did you feel in that moment trying to remember i think initially it's just like oh boy what am i gonna do now right <laughs> like i i don't have my whatever it's like <clears throat> it's just me but then you realize it's not just you mm-hmm. as you as you sit there and you see nature you you see the handiwork of god yeah. you're not distracted by whatever i want to put in my face right you you realize oh life is filled with god's presence if we stop and and look yeah and i think that was something I just, I didn't see at first because I was just like, I was more concerned with, I don't, I don't remember how long we were there, but like, it was a time where it's just like, how am I, how am I going to occupy this? Like, what do I have to do? Where it's yeah. like, oh, maybe it's not all dependent on me to satisfy my yeah. needs or entertainment, whatever it may be. And I think that's, that's the essence of the discipline of solitude is that we, we set our agenda down. We set our to-do list down, and uh, and and rather than than consuming our minds and our and and ourselves with tasks and doing, we are still we're by ourselves and we're with a person that we need to connect with, and that's of course the God of the universe. So hey, thanks for letting me uh, just kind yeah. of drop drop no that problem. in on you there. Hey, so Brian, we talked about solitude. We talked about. Uh, silence and just being quiet. Uh, you alluded to the discipline of meditation. Yeah. Take us into what is the discipline of meditation? Yeah. So this is something that's been really confused. Uh, I would say uh, 
in, in, in the last while, because in the West, we've, we've incorporated some of the religions of the East. And in the religions of the East, as being like yoga and things that have really come in, they, when, when they start to, to think about uh, meditation, what they are saying is empty your mind, uh, you know, let, let it go, be tranquil, just, just um, empty, empty, empty. And the, and the more empty you can get your mind, the more nirvana, you know, you can, you can, yeah, the get. deeper that you look in within yourself, yeah. you'll find that place of, of enlightenment. Yeah. But you know, the, the Holy scriptures are really, uh, that w- when they speak of meditation, it is so contrary to the uh, to, to 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 the thought of emptying your mind. Where the Bible says, "Fill your mind, fill your mind with worthwhile uh, things." And uh, and so when when we come to meditation, well, what does it mean to meditate? Well, uh, it kind of goes into Bible study too, but I'm, we're not going to broach that one because that's another another discipline is, right. is study. But here here's what here's how I tell people to do it in its basic form. When it comes time to opening the Word of God, uh, have a plan. Don't just be like, okay, open it and point to a verse and say, okay, this is what I'm <laughs> going to read today. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But here here here's Let's lay it out like this. We have the Bible. We open it up to where we're going to be reading. We pause. We pray and we say, God, I'm about to read the Bible. Help me to understand what I'm about to read. Mm. We read it and then we we pause. After we read that, we pause. And now we intentionally think through, what did I just read? Mm. That's meditation. Mm-hmm. That's that's filling my mind with the things that are are holy and acceptable in Scripture. So that and and then uh, after I've I've intentionally walked through what I just read, uh, that and meditating on it, then I pause again and I say, God, help me to retain what I just read. Yeah. And, and understand it. And so it's meditating. And it's not just those few seconds. Okay, what what, what did I read? But it's meditating. It's thinking about that throughout the course of the day. Yeah. And the more that I think about it, the more it becomes ingrained in my mind and easier to live in my life. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's more meditation uh, filling my mind, yeah. not emptying my mind from a, 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 a biblical viewpoint. Yeah. Hey, so uh, looking at our clock that's ticking down here, we want to keep our segments short and pithy. Uh, let's just kind of do a quick rundown of some of the the, um, the disciplines kind of in bullet form. Yeah. And, uh, and then uh, we'll just ask one another, what's the most meaningful discipline that you've incorporated into your life in years past and the benefit that it's come? So we've talked about um, solitude, silence, We've talked about uh, meditation. We've alluded to study, but then there's the discipline of prayer, which has become a national talking point, which was the impetus for our our time together. There, and then of course, prayer and fasting go together, and that's that's abstaining from something, uh, typically food. There's the discipline, and, and, and I might just say one of the things that has really been lost in in. Uh, in our uh, evangelical culture where we really haven't done a lot of talking about fasting, but I've got to tell you, that's one of the things that probably within the last five years has really been become very meaningful mm-hmm. to me where I've made it more of a practice in my life. And, uh, and so uh, we, we can talk more about that, yeah. but the whole idea of setting something aside with the intentional uh 
the intentional act of making that whatever I put aside, now I'm going to take that time and use it to pray. Amen. Yep. Uh, the discipline of confession, confessing sin one to another in a James 5 sort of sense. And then, of course, 1 John 1, 9 is, uh, says, that for if we uh, confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and, cl- and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. You have the discipline of fellowship and uh, simplicity, uh, thinking about the complexity of our lives and what are some ways that we could streamline our, our living. Uh, we have the discipline of stewardship the discipline of worship, the discipline of, of uh, service, and then evangelism. And so in a broad, general sense, I um, want to encourage our leader, or excuse me, our listeners to latch hold of maybe one or two of these disciplines this year as a means of connecting with the Lord in a more intentional way. And so it's been great to see how prayer has been thrust in the national spotlight, and may it just uh, drive us to a more intentional way of living in this broken world, so we might become a little less like ourselves, a little bit more like Jesus in the year 2023. So the question, Brian, for you is, uh, how have you seen the spiritual disciplines work in your life, and what's the most meaningful one that you've observed? Well, I, I think probably the whole idea of uh, of solitude and silence uh, for me. And now, you know, you and I, we uh, we have about an hour drive uh, three three days a week um, to come over to Columbus and to either do this or to work at the uh, the Ohio Capitol building, um, working with legislators and and legislative aides. But I'll tell you what. When I come over on my own, that that is my what I call it my God time, mm. and uh, especially on the way to Columbus, that's that's just um, a time to where I just talk to God. I just yeah. uh, I just spit out everything that's on my mind and kind of have this ongoing conversation yeah. uh, with Him. And and maybe we'll talk more about prayer because I think it really is. There, there's a lot of people who who are like, I want to pray. I want to pray deeper and more yeah. meaningful. But I don't know how. Yeah, and uh, and maybe it just seems like it's the um, maybe they're mainly familiar with the meal prayers, you know, or rub a dub dub. Yeah. Thanks for the grub, yay Jesus. <laughs> yeah, so. and watch over me as I'm about to go to sleep. <laughs> Amen. And uh, so that's probably a topic that we need to talk more about. Sure. Yeah. Uh, for me, uh, like you, uh, the discipline of of solitude wasn't uh, something that was part of my life growing up. Even into my early 20s, it was probably uh, my early 30s when I started to incorporate the discipline of solitude. And so once or twice a year, I started doing solo backpacking trips Yeah, and just going into the woods by myself for just a couple of days. And, uh, and what I found was that, boy, um, that was life-giving to me in many ways that were... Um, uh, unanticipated. I didn't, I didn't see on the front end of that trip or those trips, how beneficial they were for me emotionally, spiritually. Uh, and it was just a great time, um, to do that. And so you gave an example of observing the discipline of solitude in just a regular day-to-day sort of thing. So, so our listeners could observe the discipline of solitude in their STEM drive to, to work. And it might be 15-minute STEM drive, but it's just them and the Lord, or an hour for in your case. Uh, f- for me, a backpacking trip, a solo backpacking trip, uh, a couple times a year was exactly what the doctor ordered for me. And so you can do that in extended ways, in short, daily, weekly doses, but be intentional about incorporating at least one or 
20 yeah. spiritual disciplines. Well, start with start with one. Start with start one. Start with what, what you can. That's right. Yeah. And, so, and I'm going to jump in because <clears throat> Brian already asked me questions. So now I'm going to yeah. say what I want to say. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, as you were kind of talking about just the um, solitude and, and things like that, where it's like on my own, like this may seem like an overwhelming activity or like, or fasting. Like I like food. Mm-hmm. The idea of fasting from food may be really hard, but when you sit and set set the distractions aside and you focus on who God is, or in, if you're in nature, you see the trees, you see the beauty of this awesome God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so for me, like fasting is something that has become more of a a practice. I don't do it every day, right? But every once in a while, it's just like. In, in my own strength, I can't, a lot of this I can't do. Yeah. In my own strength praying, I'm just praying to the wall. Mm. But with God, I'm praying to someone sitting in the throne room. Yeah. Fasting I can do because God, there, in so many things, it's just because I'm setting aside those distractions. I'm taking moments out of such a busy schedule that allow me to, or just to, to be in. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I I think that that's good, David. And thanks for sharing that. And I, as Brian and I were even talking uh, on the way here, uh, it, there's a discipline of just uh, putting things aside because we can put things aside. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a it's a good discipline to be able to, yeah. to to do that. And for our listeners, if you want to look at the list, this list of disciplines, um, there will be a link in the show notes for you to read some more or research more and see things that we maybe didn't get to or didn't cover. You know, we're going to move into our last segment here, which is what in the world? Brian, you were gone over the weekend and uh, you went to a fantastic place in this world, in our country. You went uh, went up uh, uh, into one of our least populated states in the United States. Uh, it was the state of Maine. Yeah. So, you know, uh, a good friend of mine, Jim Stevenson and uh, Tom Balliott, uh, they told uh, two guys, myself and John Hart, hey, you're coming with us up to their place in Maine. And so I said, okay. Uh, you know what? It was terrible weather. Uh, it was cold. It was snowy. It was icy. And it was about the best time of my life. Awesome. And uh, yeah, we walked. I'd never been up there. And we, we did a couple hikes. We went uh, out by the ocean and saw the ocean coming in crashing against the big rocks and the snow and things yeah. you know and then we went up into the uh up into the woods of acadia national park and uh walked up to the waterfall as it was snowing and windy and, and whatever it was awesome and i didn't see any of the mountains that they told me that are out there because it was so foggy and i loved every <laughs> minute of it maine is a great state uh, I had a chance to uh, to go to Maine for the very first time way back in 2004. A friend of mine took me on a canoe trip, and we canoed about 60 miles on the Allagash River way up north. And uh, the Allagash River actually flows from south to north, and it drops off into the St. John's River. And uh, and I don't know, maybe it's just Maine weather, but it was rainy yeah. uh, on that trip. Uh, but it was in the summertime, and we had a, a great trip. Uh, our intended four-day trip uh, turned into a three-day trip because the water was rising in the river and going so fast. Uh, we covered a lot of ground in a short amount of time, but but Maine was beautiful. And then uh, in the COVID year of 2020, 
my family was able to go to Acadia National Park, and we stayed the week there and did some hiking, probably did some of those same trails that you you did over the weekend. Maine is a beautiful place. Highly recommend it. And fantastic blueberry pie, David. So good. So good. <laughs> Everything's good up there if That's you like right. seafood, too. Hey, this has been a, a great time uh, to, today. Thanks for joining with us, and we look forward to seeing you next time on The Lens. Mm-hmm.